Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Today, I'm very excited to speak with a very distinguished coach um, and a legendary, very accomplished woman in the fencing community, um, Dr. Coach Nikki Frank, uh, the head coach at Temple University. Dr. Frank, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to talk to you. Thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you for asking me. Yes, for sure. So uh, I always like to start from your background, kind of how you got started with fencing, how you got introduced to it, um, what interested you. So let's start there. Well, I actually did not start fencing until my senior year of high school, believe it or not. Um, I was always involved in sports. I was on teams in high school, but my senior year, a new uh, teacher came to the school and she started a fencing club. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. So I went and tried it and found out that I really enjoyed it and um, was pretty, you know, had a fair amount of success at that time in New York City. And from there, I ended up going to Brooklyn College because of fencing. Um, I was not going to go to Brooklyn College originally. And from friends I met through fencing my senior year, uh, they were like, we have a great coach at Brooklyn College, you should come here. And I was lucky enough to uh, go to Brooklyn College and fence under Denise O'Connor, who was an, uh, is an Olympian and was a, a wonderful mentor. And um, I really developed as a fencer uh, at, at, under her tutelage. Awesome, awesome. So that is, that's amazing to hear that you started, you know, as a senior in high school and still found so much success so quickly. Were you playing, were you involved in other sports or other activities athletically before trying fencing? Yes, I was on the tennis team. I was on the basketball team in high school. Um, and then Denise always tells a story of how she dragged me out of, off the basketball court at Brooklyn College and, and got me to come out to fencing, but I was already going to fence. And so um, I was always involved in sports. I was the typical tomboy growing up uh, in the neighborhood. And so it was something that I always enjoyed. And, um, you know, fencing was just something really different. I had never seen it before. I'd never heard of it. Uh, it was just by chance uh, that this teacher came and I ended up uh, in the fencing world. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Um, okay, so talk to us about kind of as you as you've grown and developed as a fencer at that young age, you know, your first uh, taste of competition um, and kind of growing, developing your competitive career there. Uh, primarily, uh, again, under Denise O'Connor at Brooklyn, we really had a very good team. We finished, um, I think, uh, senior year, I think we were third in the country, and I was an All-American, but, you know, really developed under, uh, at, at, in college. And so that's very unusual, but that doesn't happen today. You, you know, no, no one comes in and um, becomes an All-American when they've only been fencing, uh, you know, for a year in high school. So. Uh, now the girls that the young women that we recruit, some of them have been fencing eight, ten years already by the time they get to college. So it was very unusual. But back then, uh, things were very different. And so uh, from Brooklyn College, then I ended up going to Temple for graduate school and continued to fence uh, in Philadelphia under Lajos Chizar who was a fabulous coach. He was an Olympic coach, a Pan American coach. And at the time he was the coach at the University of Pennsylvania. And so when I got to Philadelphia, 
I was able to continue training uh, with uh, Chizar, uh, who was very, very well known, and uh, continued to fence for him until I, I retired. Awesome. Awesome. So you really have been under some great coaches, and that has definitely been fruitful for you um, because you yourself have made multiple Olympic teams, um, you know, multiple halls of fame. Um, so just looking back, I guess, what are some of the most memorable moments for you from your competitive career? Like you've, you've seen and done it all. Well, I, I think nothing, nothing matches making an Olympic team. I mean, it was a fabulous experience. Um, winning my first national championship um, was also very exciting. Um, actually, it was a year I had just gotten married and uh, when I won the national championship that year. And so I ended up winning two national championships. I was on uh, two Olympic teams um, and you know, Pan two Pan American teams where I was a silver medalist at one and bronze medalist at the other. Um, and back then the Pan American team, Pan American games were very strong. Um, the Cubans were very strong. The Canadians were strong as well as the US. So, those were uh, very good competitions. And then um, just being able to uh, compete at the highest level and meet people from all around the world um, was really, has been something that I never imagined as a young girl growing up in Harlem. Uh, this traveling around the world was not something I had ever thought about. Uh, and fencing really opened up a whole world for me and changed my life in so many ways and, and gave me so much. And, I try to give that back to the sport because of how blessed I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've definitely given back plenty. We're going to talk more about, um, you know, the beginning of the temple program, but I wanted to ask you about this. So you mentioned the world championship or the national championship. Um, and if I'm reading this correctly, the second national championship, where you, did, did you find out you were pregnant right after the championship? Um, Yes, after the well, no, but before we went to um, the 1980 team actually was a team that boycotted. Okay. And um, and so we weren't able to compete. And so U.S. fencing or the U.S. Olympic Committee gave every governing body a trip. And so we actually, uh, as a team, went to China. Okay. Uh, which is really interesting because my very first international trip was to Russia and my very last one was to China. And by the time I went to, uh, by the time we went to China, um, at that point, I found out that I was pregnant at that time. How did you find that out? <laughs> doing my research. Like I said, oh you, my goodness. you are a legendary, <laughs> a legendary woman, very accomplished. So just digging into your story, yeah. I looked at that and I was like, wait a minute, was she, was she pregnant when she won the national championship? <laughs> Um, and I, it reminded me of something I saw Lisa Leslie say, actually, like she, when she won an MB, her WNBA championship, she found out afterwards that she was pregnant and didn't want to say anything right. so that she could keep playing. I was just like, oh my goodness, that's, that makes it even more amazing. Yeah, um, no, I didn't say anything to anybody, <laughs> <laughs> except my husband. <laughs> right, right. You would need to know. Awesome. So then let's go back to um, your time at Temple, as a, you said, a grad student um, starting out there and um, really just starting the program from scratch you know how did that how did that begin for you what were some of the initial challenges um what helped you with that beginning process it was a very interesting situation and i think a lot of it was just because i was very naive and didn't really 
understand how college athletics work. So when I went to Temple um, to as a graduate student, I was they had a fencing club. The men had a team, but the women were a club. And so I went to the athletic director at that time for the women because they had separate athletic directors. And I went to the athletic director and I said, well, how come the women don't have a team? Because that's all I knew. But in college, we had a team. I didn't know much about clubs. <clears throat> and because the men had a team. And she said to me, uh, her name was Barbara Lockhart. And she said, well, I, what, should we have a team? And I said, yes, of course. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, there's enough interest. We can do that. And, and that's how the team at Temple started, just because I was a naive young woman right out of college. And I am very grateful to Temple uh, for giving me such an opportunity um, to, to coach a Division I program uh, straight out of college with no coaching experience. But that was the philosophy at that time for the women was if there was interest, we would provide, uh, we would provide um, the uh, activity. And so we ended up starting the team with girls that were in my fencing class, because I taught the fencing class at that time for my graduate assistantship. Um, athletes who, my first All-American was a field hockey player who came out after field hockey season because a friend was on the team. And so we would send the girls out and say, okay, tomorrow you have to bring a friend with you. And we just built from scratch with walk-ons uh, for many, many years, um, but we're able to develop to where the, before the pandemic, the last time there was a, a poll, uh, we actually were, were uh, ranked fifth in the country. So we went from, um, from nothing to being, and consistently being nationally ranked today. Yeah. And I'm very proud of that. As you should be, as you should be. It's amazing. And like I said, you definitely paid it forward for the, you know, the coaching that you were able to have yourself as an athlete to, you know, being that amazing coach for so many young ladies. Um, it's amazing. So you mentioned uh, COVID last year, and I'm sure, you know, that has impacted the team or impacted the team last year um, in terms of how things are run and how things operate. Can you talk a little bit about some of those challenges and how you, how you address them? We were, we were very fortunate. I think in a way it really helped the, the team learn how to be flexible and adjust and, and go with the flow in many ways. Uh, with the university and being in Philadelphia, you know, the city was very concerned about the COVID numbers. And so the university uh, had very strict policies, which were needed. Um, we, you know, started athletics in general, you know, started training, then we had to stop, started, stopped. And so it was really a leap of faith where the, the, the team had to hope we would have a season because we really didn't know if we would have a season or not, but they kept working hard, they kept training. And we were fortunate enough in the spring semester to be able to compete. And so we had one away meet at Ohio State, uh, which was the first meet for a lot of schools. It was a big meet and it was a little nerve wracking to say the least, but they did a great job um, in making sure that everyone was safe. And, and then we had actually three additional uh, competitions during the spring semester, but we hosted them all at Temple. And so um, that made me much more comfortable because I knew how good our protocols were. And so if schools could follow our protocols, 
um, then we could have a safe um, a, a safe season. And so, <coughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so we were able to compete. We were able to qualify um, the maximum number of, of athletes to the NCAA championships, which was very exciting. But we had the maximum number of six women qualify and go to a championship, which was absolutely fantastic for them because they had worked so hard. Because when COVID first broke out the year before, when the championships were uh, canceled, uh, we actually found out the week before the championships and we were actually in practice. And we had several girls, um, four girls who had qualified, who now were not going to have that opportunity. And two of them were, were seniors. And so this was it for them. And so it was a very, uh, a very sad time and a very, you know, we understood what was happening, but it didn't change, you know, the fact that this was an experience that these young ladies were not going to have. And so being able to have that experience last year um, in the midst of COVID and all that was going on, uh, we were very, very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that kind of situation where you have a senior who, you know, has qualified and worked hard to get to that level and that competition and isn't able to compete. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that is a difficult thing to realize and to um, address. But um, to your point, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it was very difficult for them. Um, and I totally understood and could empathize with them because that's what happened to me with the 1980 Olympic team. Mm. And so, but we had trained for four years right. and, and then had it taken away. And so I truly understood um, of how they, how they felt and what they were going through. So that, that leads me into this question, which is specific to your experience, right? You've been at one school from beginning, from the beginning of the program for decades, you've built this program up. And so I want to, I want to ask you, how do you, remain competitive? How do you keep challenging yourself as a coach, keep challenging, um, you know, challenging yourself to build the program to even greater heights? Um, it, I, would, I would imagine it's easy to become complacent being in one place for so long and kind of knowing the process for how, how you want things to be. Um, but, you know, the program has continued to remain strong. So how have you done that? How have you, what, what helps you to do that from year to year? I, I think what makes our program strong are the young women that we bring into the program. They, they are the ones that don't allow me to become complacent. Mm. They are the ones that keep me um, motivated. Um, I want the best for them. And that means we all have to work hard, not just them, but I do also. And so, you know, having new people every year, it's a different team. Every year, it's a different culture. Every year, it's a different uh, a way that I need to approach them. And so, that's what keeps it interesting. That's what keeps it exciting uh, because you don't know how it's going to turn out. All you can do is put the work in and try to, to keep them motivated uh, to, to be the best they can be. And that's really what I, my goal is. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So let me talk to you about um, kind of building that culture. What are some of the things, obviously you're looking for strong fencers when you're building a team. What are some of the other I guess, qualities or traits that you look for in um, building a strong team or building a unified team, kind of building that team culture? We look for people that will fit into 
our program and what's important to us. I am very team oriented. It's all about team. Um, fencing, yes, it's an individual sport, but in college, it's a team sport. And so what we have is a group of young women who are very supportive of each other and who truly respect each other and want the best for each other. And so I look for, for women who really can blossom in that kind of environment, that it's not about them, but it's about what they can contribute, how they can um, be a part of something, girls who want to be part of something that's bigger than them. And so we, we, we recruit people who are team oriented, who happen to be good fences, who are good students. Um, uh, those are the things that are of most important to me because not everyone will fit into our, our program. Not everyone will be comfortable with how we do things, but you know, we have a, a, a sisterhood really of, of women who totally, totally support each other. And, and that's very important to me that they feel that they are connected and they, some of them are lifelong friends. We, we just had a, a, a 1992 team, London uh, NCAA uh, Women's Foil Team Championship, and they were just inducted into the Hall of Fame um, this, this fall. And first of all, every single person on that team came back for that, uh, which in itself was phenomenal because it came from all over the country. But also it was that they really, they're lifelong friends. Some of them from, you know, 1992, they are still best friends today. And so, you know, having a kind of an atmosphere is what we try to create where we're a family. And that's very, you know, cheesy and cliche, but we really are a family and, and, and you have to want to be part of that. And that's not for everyone and that's okay, but for our program. Um, that's the kind of environment that we want to have, one that really is a group of women who build each other up and, and not tear each other down. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, you mentioned a group of women, so obviously Temple is an all-women's program. Are there any um, unique challenges or opportunities in, um, you know, coaching an all-women's program that you found? I've never coached a men's team, so I, I don't know what the difference would be. Um, we have a, we actually, right now, we have an all-female uh, coaching staff also. Okay. And so I think being able to uh, be role models for, for these young ladies, I was actually a faculty member, a uh, full-time faculty member at Temple up until about four years ago, five years ago. And so, you know, I'm all about education. And so we emphasize, you know, you can get a very good education at Temple. Uh, we have graduates who are doing all kinds of wonderful things out in the world. But, you know, they have to be serious about their academics. Uh, last semester, uh, last spring, as a team, we actually had a, a 3.6 GPA as a team. We had four girls that had a perfect 4.0. And so it shows that they are serious about their academics as well as serious about their fencing. And that's very, very important to me because they have to have uh, set up for success once they leave Temple. And, uh, and so we make sure that everybody graduates and everybody has a chance to be successful. Uh, but, but I think having a, an all-female staff has been interesting. Um, 
many of the girls, the majority of them have not, never had a female coach. Mm. Um, and so, you know, uh, that's different for some of them. Um, but some of them come because they want to have that experience or they want to be on, on a, a women's team and, and to see what that's like. Because in their club, they may have been the only woman in their club or the only one of two or three. And so now they get to practice uh, with some strong female fencers, which is a new experience for some of them. All right. That is a really unique experience, actually. Um, and congratulations on all the all the team success for sure. Um, again, it's just it's amazing how consistent that's been over the years for you. Um, I want to ask: uh, Do you have? Are you and your staff? You know, do you kind of have staff goals or coaching goals, things that you're trying to accomplish, or things that you set out to do from season to season? We, we you know, the team actually comes up with team goals for the each year. Um, we meet at the beginning of the season with every one of our fences individually, as well as at the end of the season. But just to find out what some of their goals are and what they want to accomplish, you know, some are fencing internationally, some are fencing nationally, some just fence in college. You know, we really leave it to them and what their aspirations are. Um, in, in practice and in the gym, everybody's doing the same thing and everybody's working hard but they have, all have individual aspirations and some of them are different from others and that's fine. Um, as a coaching staff, our goal is just to make sure that, you know, every fencer that leaves our program is better than when they came in. That's our responsibility. And if they're not, it's not that they fail, we fail. And so it's about just helping them grow as, not just as fencers, but as people. Um, you know, it's, it's always amazing to me. We always have a banquet at the end of the year, you know, and a lot of the parents who can come uh, or come and, you know, it's like I talk to them, you know, it's like these teenagers <laughs> came into this program and before you blink, you have these young women who are going out in the world who have grown and matured and it's nice to feel that you were part of that, that you helped them make that transition. And um, that's something that also I'm really proud of. Um, we have, I probably have about 12 or so women that are actually graduates of our program that are out coaching right now. Um, wow. And so that, again, it, I think it tells you something about the experience they had as an athlete that they would want to continue um, in the sport. And so, um, you know, it's just really nice to, to see our alumni stay in touch and, and you know, I, I get to hear a lot about you know, what they're doing and, and how they're doing and so forth. And so it's nice to know that you played a, a role in, in their maturity and, and that they really feel, still feel connected even once they're, they're, they've graduated. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a testament to, to the great um, influence that you've had um, and the continued, you know, reach that your, your coaching has had. Um, speaking of which, I want to ask you about, um, you know, outside of Temple, you are a co-founder of the Black Women in Sports Foundation. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how that came about and what are some of the you know, initiatives you have with that? When I, uh, early on when I was at Temple, there was uh, another faculty member, her name was Tina Sloan Green. Her name is Tina Sloan Green. And um, she was coaching lacrosse and field hockey. I was coaching fencing. And we started, and there was a, a faculty member uh, named Carol Oglesby who was very involved in, in the you know, Girls and Women's Sports Foundation and then with the Women's Sports Foundation. And so Carol would, you know, 
ask us if we wanted to go to different conferences and uh, for women in sport. And we started going to these conferences and started to realize that there were very few people who looked like us that were there. Uh, there was very little talk about some of the concerns that we had as, as women of color who were coaching. Um, and so we said, well, maybe we should start doing our own conferences. And so we started running conferences at Temple, uh, primarily for women of color who were involved in coaching or wanted to get into coaching. And we ran those conferences for many years. Um, and then we started doing community programs. Our focus was on youth um, and exposing youth to the focus of the foundation is really exposing youth to non-traditional sports. Um, so often we want to pigeonhole um, our young people into certain sports and that's what they're familiar with. They pigeonhole themselves sometimes. And so we were running programs uh, during the summers or in after school programs, exposing them to fencing, to lacrosse, to golf, to tennis, things that they had never had a chance to um, participate in prior to that. And so the foundation was really all about exposure that kids don't know what they're going to be good at. I never thought I would be good at fencing. I never knew what fencing was, but it just was just by chance, you know, that I got exposed to it. And so what we try to do is expose these young people to these different sports um, that are, are non-traditional and let them see what they're like. And, um, and so that's been very, very rewarding. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, I know um, we're in the in the midst of the season right now, um, so I'm sure things are very busy for you. I am wishing you all the best with the team. Um, is there anything exciting going on that you wanted to mention, um, either with the team or outside of the team? Well, we just finished out. Uh, we have a Temple Open, which is usually the first tournament of the year for most of the schools. We had about 500 fencers um, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, at the beginning of uh, October. And um, so we are going full steam ahead. Um, it was a fabulous tournament, um, very successful. Um, and so now we're starting our dual meet season and the girls are really excited um, to get started fencing other schools and not individual uh, competition. Um, and so that's, you know, we're looking forward to having a, a full season, uh, keeping everyone healthy and safe. Um, and we think that, um, you know, we've, we think it's gonna be uh, a great year. We have a very young team. Um, I, we have, I purposely keep my team small. That's one of the things that's also very important to creating that environment and that atmosphere of support. Um, I like to have five or six girls in each weapon. And so uh, this year we have the large, one of the largest teams we've ever had. We have 19 girls, uh, which is big for us. And it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know what I have yet. Uh, of the 19, 13 of them are underclassmen. So either freshmen or sophomores. And my sophomores, they really didn't have a regular year last year. So I call them upper freshmen. Uh, they, they really don't know what a full season is like. So with 13 basically brand new people, we're excited to see how they're going to develop, uh, but we don't know yet. So that, again, keeps it interesting and, and keeps us on our toes. Absolutely. That is exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how things develop for you this year and, and beyond. 
Um, again, I'm really appreciative of your time. Um, if there is, for me personally, if there is a Mount Rushmore of uh, <laughs> fencing personalities that I admire, you are definitely on that Mount Rushmore for me. Um, so, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. I'm really grateful for your time today. And um, yeah, going to stay tuned with your, your, your know, journey as it continues for more and more years with success at Temple and beyond. So again, Dr. Frank, thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it.